This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. The following presentation of the Midland City Council will begin in a moment. The Midland City Council is the city's legislative body that sets policies, approves budgets, determines tax rates, and adopts ordinances and resolutions to govern the city. It is made up of five elected officials that represent the wards in which they reside, and councilmen are elected to two-year terms. The mayor is elected from among the council members by vote of the city council. City council meetings are held at 7 p.m. two Mondays per month in council chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. You're on, Mayor. Good evening and welcome to our May 11th, um, 2020 meeting of City Council. Please join Mayor Pro Tem Marty Wozbinski as he leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Wonderful, thank you. Erica, would you please call roll? Honorable Mayor Donker. Here. Councilman Arnoski. Here. Councilman Hall. Here. Councilman Brown Wilhelm. Here. Councilman Wazbinski. Here. All right, thank you. Does anyone have a conflict of interest with anything that's on this evening's agenda? No, no Madam Mayor. Okay, then seeing none, we'll move on to the consent agenda. All resolutions marked with an asterisk are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one motion. There'll be no separate consideration of these items unless a council member or citizen so requests during the discussion stage of the motion to adopt the consent agenda as indicated. If there's even a single request, the item will be removed from the consent agenda without further motion and considered in its listed sequence in regular fashion. Can I have a motion to accept the consent agenda? Steve Arnosky, so moved. Diane Brown Wilhelm, second. Okay, thank you. Any discussion? Anyone want anything removed from the consent agenda? No, Madam Mayor. Anyone from the public? All right, then. Can we have a roll call um, vote to approve the agenda? Councilman Arnosky? Aye. Councilman Hall? Aye. Councilman Brown Wilhelm? Aye. Councilman Wazbinski? Aye. Mayor Donker? Aye. All right, thank you. So that this evening we have two public hearings and this takes us now to item number two, which is the first of those public hearings and it has to do with um, budget amendments to the 2019-2020 um, 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 budget. And Mr. Keenan will um, lead us off in this discussion. All right, um, let me get, no, we don't need updates. And yes, I would like a slide presentation. There we go, took me a bit. All right, so uh, there are actually two budget public hearings tonight. The first that I'm gonna go through relates to the year that we're currently in and we only have what, seven weeks left. Um, so for that reason, I am not gonna I mean, I have to go through a fair amount of detail because it's a public hearing and we're literally amending every fund of the city. So I'm going to address them, but I'm going to address them at a pretty high level um, in some very few or no comments at all. So are you okay if I move off the slide, Mayor? Yes. Okay. So um, why do we do what we're doing? So during the budget process for the budget for the next public hearing that we'll have, uh, we take a look at the current year and we try to reassess how we think we're gonna end up. Um, so when we do that, we, we actually are determining what our ending working capital, our ending fund balances are going to be, which could potentially provide additional carryover 
and you've heard you've heard that word before. Uh, but it provides carryover for the 2021 budgets. So to help us stay on track, we amend the current year budget to put those restrictions in place so that we have a much better um, option or, or the odds are much better that we're gonna end up where we wanna end up. And so that's what we're here to do is the resolution for council will actually amend the city's budgets and working uh, plans for the current year to those numbers that, that were determined when we went through the budget process for 2021. So I'm gonna go through by fund. Um, and again, I will try to be as quick as possible because I know this stuff is really riveting. And like I said, there's only six, six weeks left. So uh, the first fund we have is a general fund. Just some quick comments. Um, intergovernmental revenue, which is this number here. Well, first of all, total revenue, we're adjusting it up almost $2.2 million. The big contributors, you can see our two numbers here. Um, intergovernmental revenue is going up a million seven. And just a reminder, we are going to be amending the budget to include a million six more personal property tax reimbursement. So that makes up the majority of that number. Uh, other revenues is primarily made up of contributions that come in. And um, we have a number of parks programs, uh, parks projects that are going on and donations related to that, that we had to amend the budget to get those monies into the budget. So that is the largest part of this big increase here. Combination of those two gives you the big increase in the general fund. Looking at the expenditure side, um, you can see some pretty consistent numbers except for a couple. Um, in the general government, for example, we have 13 different departments. Nine of them are generating savings. Two are not, two are not changing at all. And the adjustments between each department is between 3,000 and 50,000. So there's really nothing significant going on within there. Uh, public safety, again, is made up of police, fire, building and planning, and all those departments are providing additional savings of $236,000. Public works is going the other way. We're actually increasing our costs there. And the main reason for that is because public works is the home of engineering, uh, public services, and traffic services. Those are the three accounts that I had mentioned before um, that typically charge their time elsewhere. And because of the stay at home, um, order, we weren't able to do that. So we increased the budget uh, accordingly in the general fund to recognize that those costs would be staying. Um, let's see, sanitation. We've got just a, a modest increase related to heavy refuse and that's actually split between equipment rental and, and labor. Um, parks and recreation, we've got some savings related to equipment rental. And um, we actually moved some costs out of here down to here. So you'll notice that this one is red, it's going up. This one is green, it's going down. We had some things budgeted as capital that we turned into projects. So we moved part of that down here. Uh, tax appeals is the big savings and other functions. We always budget a fair amount to protect ourselves. Um, thankfully in the recent history, we've not had to use it all. And so there are typically savings every year that goes along with that. Um, so in this capital projects, not only do we have some things reclassified from parks and recreation, but we have the additional funding that I mentioned that came in as contributions other, under, under other revenues. And so we had to increase it for that. Contingencies, we're simply writing it down to leave us $100,000 to get through the rest of the year. And for transfers to other funds, we've got some small decreases to the amount that we're providing to the um, library and to Dial-A-Ride. So all in all, uh, we're reducing uh, we're having an increase in what in our um, fund balance of two million three eighty one six zero two. Our expected ending fund balance is going to be sixteen million dollars, of which three point eight of that is already earmarked to be used for the um, twenty twenty one year. So we didn't have to increase the millage rate. I'm going to keep moving. Um, major street fund. The real big number there is is personal property tax, and really. Um, it's these, this line item and what we're actually doing is we're reclassifying personal property tax reimbursement down here to intergovernmental. So that makes up uh, a portion of that. Um, if you look at the street construction, it's a large increase. The reason for that is because we are moving Rockwell, Rockwell project, which was originally planned to be in 2021, but because of the timing of the Costco projects, it's more advantageous for it, us to do it sooner. 
So we're moving it from next year's budget into this year's budget. Therefore, we have the increase of $435,000. Uh, major street fund will end this fiscal year with $7.4 million of fund balance. The local street fund, really not much to talk about. So I will just indicate that when we finish the year, we expect to have $5.8 million of fund balance in the local street fund. Move this over here, okay. The smart zone, um, not big numbers here, but we're starting to see some action, uh, mainly because the brownfield was, was satisfied uh, or completed. Therefore, it frees up some SET to be captured by the smart zone. And so we're recognizing that this year is some additional revenue. Still not a lot going on there, though. There's only $216,000 of fund balance at the end of the year. Center City Authority, we've got some things going on. Um, we have the facade program, which is what we're spending the money on down here. Uh, that was funded with some um, funds from the Dow gift that was given to us, as well as some matching from the Millinery Community Foundation. So this is simply shoring up the budget to recognize all of that. We'll only have $61,000 in the bank at the end of that. So this is still very much a, a struggling um, operation for the city. Stormwater Management Fund, there's a few big numbers in here that I will explain in August. Uh, if you recall, when we got the personal property tax money, we decided to put another half a million dollars in this fund because we knew it was gonna be experiencing a lot of, of um, activity relating to the, um, the flood mitigation as well as the wastewater fund. And so we put the money here Having gone through this budget process, uh, we realized that um, the things that were slated for capital in light of what we had to do for uh, in the wastewater fund and outstanding capital for this fund, we could actually free up some money here and give that money to the wastewater fund who needed it more. So essentially that's, that's what we did. We reduced some projects that were somewhat redundant and not going to happen more than likely for a year or two and then we transfer that funds over to the wastewater fund. So when we get to that fund, you'll see an incoming transfer of, of a half a million dollars. So um, this number here is an increase. This is pre-COVID numbers. We had actually anticipated spending more money on storm system maintenance. Um, we're likely to have some savings there just because of what's going on with COVID-19. At the end of the year, we'll still have $1.1 million in the stormwater management fund. I'm gonna pause just for a second, but I'm ready to go when you are. Mayor? Go right ahead. Okay, good, thank you. Um, the Grace A. Dow Memorial Library funds. So we've got really, this line item here, other revenues is where the contributions end up going. And so there's two things that are actually connected. I'm gonna to touch this $240,000 increase um, in revenue, and I'm also going to touch this $113,000 decrease in capital expenditures. So there's some netting going on here. What we ended up having is um, a surprise. We had a gift of $400,000 given to the library from the Sue Ann Shadell Trust. Um, that came in during the year. So that's a big increase. At the same time, we had over $100,000 of capital items that were gonna be purchased for us by the friends of the library. But as it turns out, some of those items are gonna be pushed to next year's budget. And some of them um, we found better, more cost-effective ways uh, to meet that need than purchasing new. And so that will save the money from the friends so that they can also program that for future years. Um, at the end of the year, we will have $523,000 uh, in fund balance and all of that is unspent monies from the either the Sue Ann Shadell Trust or still money from the Herbert H. and Grace Adel Foundation uh, gift. So that gets earmarked and is used for future years. Uh, CDBG, the only thing I'm going to talk about here is this reduction in transfers to other funds. This is money that is earmarked to go to Washington Woods, um, but because that project was delayed until next year, the transfer coming out of here to there is also delayed until next year. We have another federal program, Homeland Security. And so this is a bit of a, still a new, new fund, a new project, new endeavor for us. And the way we've elected to do it now is um, we're simply going to, every year there's a new grant. We're just going to recognize that in the budget and any activity that's not utilized at the end of the year will be encumbered and rolled forward. Um, this will be a reimbursement grant. So um, hopefully at the end of the year, we won't be, won't be sitting on anything. Um, Special Activities Fund, 
the real changes that you see here relate to uh, having to get the activity in the budget as it relates to the Raise Up Midland, and that's the, the gift card um, program that we had for, for downtown. It was very successful and happened very fast. Uh, but this recognizes the revenue coming in uh, both from the sales and from the DDA, um, and then the ultimate purchase or, or distribution of those funds to the vendors. The Midland Housing Fund, we're simply adjusting the anticipated sale and cost related to the construction of a home that we have. Um, this fund will have $267,000 at the end of the year in it. Midland Community Television Fund, franchise fees, we're, we're adjusting it downward. Uh, we've had that conversation. Uh, we'll have to continue to watch this, but that's simply acknowledging reality and adjusting the current year budget downward. Operating expenditures, um, we actually had anticipated some additional costs from legislation and, and they have not materialized or maybe I should say as of yet. Uh, so for this year, we've adjusted those down. There are some other things in contractual services and maintenance costs that also did not happen. Um, so those are true savings. And so we've adjusted the expenses accordingly. Capital expenditures, this is an item that's gonna pop up next year. So it was something planned for this year is getting delayed. Um, so this fund still, uh, at the end of the year, will have $1,669,000 in it. Dial-A-Ride, which is a reimbursement fund, um, federally funded. We did a reduction in our, our revenues, which is basically fare box revenue in recognition of COVID-19. So we rolled that back. Federal funds, we had more available than we anticipated when we originally built the budget. So that's a good thing, which is good because state, shared, or state revenues went down uh, there's an apparent reduction in the um, reimbursement percentage. So um, it's good that we had the extra money up there. Transfer from other funds is simply money coming in from the general fund that is used to balance the budget. Um, so this is part of that number that I, when I showed you in the general fund, there was a, a positive number there. It's because this was a reduction at this end. And operating expenses is a pretty small, it's seven tenths of 1% and it's all labor related. So this fund will have a zero fund balance at the end of the year because again, we adjust the money coming in from the general fund to be whatever it needs to balance the budget. So there really should be no surplus money in this fund. The DDA uh, revenues are starting to pick up because of the downtown investment or be, as well as the brownfield. Uh, so there's gonna be a, a noticeable increase moving forward in the revenue. Um, Let's see, we've got, we've got some additional PPT money. Again, we're gonna report it separate instead of showing it as part of property tax. Other revenue is fundings that come in for programs. And this one was Festifall. So we, we took in more money than we anticipated there. On the expenditure side, um, this is money for primarily for the facade grant program within the DDA. And then the transfer to other funds represents the money that has to go to the special activities fund to pay for the DDA share of the, um, it's a call again, help me out here, Rise, Raise Up Midland uh, initiative that we had. The debt service fund is uh, simply an adjustment to actual for the most part. There's only a handful of things that happen in this fund. We bring in some taxes, we bring in some PPT reimbursement. We have a little bit of interest and then we give some money to the wastewater fund to pay their bonds and then we pay our own bonds. Um, and that's pretty much it. So this fund at the end of the year will have $243,000 in it. And that's unusual. The reason that we have that money is because um, there was an error in the calculations of the PPT reimbursement for a couple of years in a row. That money came in after the budget process is in place. So what that really means is that's carryover. And so um, if you remember on next year's budget, we've got a reduced millage rate for, for debt. And that's why, because we spend this money first, therefore we, we levy less taxes to pay for the, the debt. Civic Arena, uh, we've got revenue reductions and expense reductions, a lot of them related to acknowledging uh, COVID-19. Uh, we've got some capital expense reductions, a portion of that. Um, well, actually we did spend some money out of there, but what you see remaining are for items that we had scheduled to happen based on a, a study we had done several years ago. Uh, the equipment hasn't failed yet, so what we're going to do is we're going to reserve it in our fund balance and, and set it aside for capital replacement, but since we don't need to spend it this year, we're going to reduce the capital portion. And this $14,000 was true savings on the capital project that we had this year for the parking lot. 
Um, so this fund at the end of the year will have $930,000 of fund balance of which we're setting aside 534 future capital replacement. Um, in the landfill, uh, we've got a, an adjustment upwards for uh, operating revenue. And this fund always has some contaminated soils and demolition, uh, but it's not, it's not linear, it's not overly predictable. And so we tried to build the budget without it and then recognize, recognize it when it comes in by amending the budget. Um, You'll see a, a negative here for electricity sales. We have to adjust that down. That's a pretty complicated formula, but it is tied to the cost of natural gas and electric. And so when they are uh, less expensive by market, it basically reduces the amount that we can charge for that. And, and as you can see, it has a pretty good size impact this year. Um, operating expenses, it's a pretty small decrease compared to the overall. I will point this out. This, $1 adjustment, welcome to my world. Finance is tough on me, they, they make me recognize that. Um, but this is debt service. We have a, a state revolving loan fund and it's related to the gas to energy and that'll be with us until 2030. Um, at the end of the year, we, got, we have $7.4 million in this fund of which almost 3 million is gonna be spent next year as we develop the next cell. Washington Woods and Riverside Place um, we actually, pleasant surprise in our occupancy here. We've generated more revenue than we anticipated. Um, transferring from other funds, this is reduced because again, the money coming in from CDBG will happen next year when we spend the money. And so I'm gonna point to this line item here. This is not true savings. This is a delay of capital. This will show up in the 2021 capital budget. So we'll have the money coming in from the, the CDBG fund and we'll have the capital expense hitting the same time. That will be in next year's budget. I just point that out because when you look at this and say, whoa, cool, we made $513,000. Well, yes, but we're really just delaying this portion of it until next year. So it's gonna, a large part of it's going to get spent. But having said that, it's still a positive number, which is a very good thing. Uh, Riverside Place, also, we had a pleasant surprise with our occupancy rates and we uh, did better than we anticipated. We had a little more contributions coming in uh, than we originally thought. Uh, some savings in operating expenses and other expenses. And um, this, this is actually a savings when I look at this capital. These are two projects. Uh, one came in under budget. The other, uh, due to some issues with the contractor, um, is going to get done at significantly less uh, than originally planned, so that's a good good deal. Um, this fund will have a million five, and Washington Woods will have a million. So um, at least as of that point in time, if you look at it, they look like they're very healthy. We all know it's still a tough market, and um, you know that's not the case if you look five years down the road because there's much to be done. But um, at least on paper at this point in time, they 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 seem pretty decent, pretty healthy. Uh, the golf course. Uh, again, we did reductions related to COVID-19, uh, both revenue and expense. Um, and that's really the big story there. Ending working capital on the golf course is just under $400,000. Uh, the parking fund, pretty modest numbers. Um, you know, this is really based on the activity we, we get from, from tickets and from meters and that kind of stuff. And this reflects the status quo position of this fund, which I keep referring to, but um, I'm sure it will change once we, we kick off the parking study implementation. But for now, this is pretty much we're doing the same thing. Um, and this fund will have just under $40,000 of working capital at the end. Wastewater, we're getting into the big enterprise funds here. Um, on, we had a, a very small decrease in the wastewater fund. This is less than 1%. Um, transfer from other funds. This is the money coming in that I talked about when I was at the stormwater fund. So we, we were using it for flood mitigation. We're just using it in a different fund. Um, so this fund will have almost $1.2 million of working capital uh, as of 630-20. The water fund, we had a, a slight uptick in revenue, just under 2%. No anticipated change in the contractual revenue. Um, other revenues are up slightly and that's charged, that's basically, uh, what are we putting in there? Operating revenues, contractual revenues, charges for services. So sometimes if we have to like replace a fire hydrant if somebody knocks it over or we have to, there's a new subdivision development, 
uh, we can charge for our services. And so that that's uh, a larger number than we anticipated. Um, under capital, this is for new water services, that's $60,000. And um, this, much like the major street fund, there is a water component to the Rockwell Road. Uh, and so we're pulling it out of next year and bringing it into this year. And that's what that represents. So this fund will have $4.1 million of which 1.7 is reserved for capital or capacity improvements. We are on to the internal service funds. And so these are the funds that basically support all the other operations in the city. Stores is primarily, it's an inventory fund and the main product that it sells is gas. And so the price of gas was low for most of the year. And so revenue was less as was expenses. Um, so this fund, has $626,000, a half a million of that is set aside because at some point in the near future, we have to replace the fuel island. The information services fund is, is pretty modest, not much changes going on there. We have a million seven uh, in working capital, and that's actually going down by a small amount every year, kind of in a controlled manner to try to keep the cost of the departments in check. Uh, equipment revolving fund, another big internal service fund. Um, so we've got $120,000 of additional rent revenue, other, which is primarily the sale of assets, additional $21,000 or non-operating rather. And then other, we've got $3,000. Uh, we're writing it down for a net improvement of 138 on the expense side. It's about a 3% reduction. And this is spread over many, many accounts. Um, so none of them of which are that significant. So we've got a total improvement of 245,000. Um, working capital is almost $4 million at the end of the year for equipment volume fund. Municipal service center fund is also supported by rent from its tenants. There's no adjustments there. Um, operating expenses, a very small adjustment, mostly related to utilities. And so at the end of the year, we've got $725,000 of working capital in the municipal service fund. The, Annex fund, uh, very, very small amounts. Our working capital at the end of the year is 153,000. Excuse me, the property and liability insurance fund, which is where we, um, we basically pay for all of our insurance premiums. We pay for all of our co-pays and deductibles out of here. And then we, we charge a fee out to each department. That's where the revenue comes in. And the, the, the hope is the fund is healthy enough that we can keep this this fee that we charge the department's relatively flat compared to what's coming out. Uh, we had a decent year in terms of operating expenses. Our claims were lower than what we anticipated. And so what that really means then, it also equates to bringing in less reimbursements from the insurance company. Um, so those kind of go hand in hand. We have a $1,172,000 in that fund at the end of the year. Uh, health insurance fund. Much like the property and liability, the health insurance fund intends to do the same thing with active and retiree health insurance. So we've got some pretty modest adjustments to the revenue stream here. Um, insurance and claims, you know, honestly, we've had a relatively good year in terms of claims experience um, and our premiums for renewals for our fully insured program. So we're gonna have additional funding left over, which puts us up to five over $5.2 million, um, but we're using a fair amount of that in the 2021 budget to try to uh, fend off increases and, and pass some of those savings out to the departments. Special assessment revolving fund, and we don't ever talk about this. This fund is in, exists because if we have a special assessment project, the city will pay its share, um, but the homeowners or the property owners um, can pay their share by essentially borrowing from the special assessment revolving fund and then paying it back over a number of years uh, to be determined by council at a rate to be determined by council. Usually the rate is our internal rate of return plus 1%. We haven't had a lot of activity going on here. And essentially what happens is any interest that comes in on the money sitting in the bank, which is over $2 million um, or on the assessments themselves gets transferred over to the general fund. So that's why it's an in and in, it's an out. So that gets you through um, amending the current year budget. What did I do? Sorry, guys, it took longer than I expected. Um, there's a lot there, though. So, Madam Mayor, do you have any questions for me on this? 
Does anyone on council have a question for Mr. Keenan? No questions. Good. Okay. Nope. No questions. All right. Well, then, seeing none, this is a public hearing. We'll open the public hearing. Is there any comments from the public? I don't hear any comments from the public. So seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. And Erica, would you please read the resolution? This resolution amends the 2019-20 budgets and financial working plans to adjust revenues and expenditures for the 2019-2020 to reflect the projected amount submitted during the 2020-2021 budget process. All right, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So moved, so moved. Steve Arnosky. And it was seconded by Pam, Pam Hall. Pam Hall. Okay. So we've had a first and a second. Any discussion on this? Okay, seeing none, then all in favor, please. Uh, will you, Erica, do a roll call vote, please? Councilman Hall. Councilman Hall. Aye. Councilman Brown Wilhelm. Aye. Councilman Wasbinski. Aye. Councilman or Mayor Donker? Aye. Councilman Arnoski? Aye. All right, that passes 5-0. Thank you for that, Mr. Keenan. And now that takes us to a public hearing. This is our second public hearing this evening um, on our 2021 budget. And again, Mr. Keenan's going to um, lead us in this conversation. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to move on from this slide. I, I, I put it in here because we used to use it. Um, so this is the 2021 proposed budget public hearing. And this is a much lighter in terms of volume uh, than, than you've had in the past. Um, so if, if there, I don't know if anybody's online, but if there's any first timers that are, that are going to be sitting through this, uh, I, I just want to be clear that you understand that this is the fourth meeting that we've talked about budget. Um, and so do not misunderstand my sort of a, a high level review of this as being a lack of interest or discussion or investigation by council, because as I said, we've gone over this numerous times and this meeting on April 20th in particular, we spent nearly three hours going over a lot of detail. Um, and even at the last public hearing, which was on the 27th, there was a lot of conversation about this. So um, they get it. They've seen it a number of times, and so um, it is a public hearing, so I'm going to try to keep it relatively quick and move through it. So for me, that's probably 20 minutes. Sorry, guys. Uh, so this is the last public inputs designated session for that. Uh, however, you can always email comments to the email address, call it in. And if you'd like to see the budget, currently it's uh, available it's in its entirety and in line item format on the city's budget or on the city's website. So the budget was established to support the three main goals that we're all very accustomed to. In addition to that, there were seven directives that, were, that came out of our January goal setting session. The first maintained public services at the highest level, and we did not include any reductions of service within this budget, so we've, we've maintained that. The next two were to provide additional funding to two different funds, the stormwater fund and the wastewater fund uh, to support the flood mitigation efforts that we have going on. And so the budget also includes that activity as well. Uh, the fourth was initially set in January when, when life was different. And at that point, it was to max the amount of mills that we would increase by 0.41 mills in order to, to essentially pay for uh, the prior two initiatives. Um, at the, there was much discussion at the work session that, that we maybe have not picked the best time to increase the millage rate. So at the last public hearing, we talked about a reduced millage rate, which you can see here. And that is essentially what the revised budget is built on so that the millage rate is, remains flat. The components are, are detailed here. There's some additional funding for the stormwater management. Library is the same, some additional funding because our annual pension requirements went up. The debt millage went down because of that carryover I talked about in, 
the last presentation. So, but all in all, the bottom line is the millage rate is the same as it was last year. And I think for the two years, even previous to that. We're going to use a small portion. Uh, we're going to use a portion of the personal property tax that we will get in a couple of weeks um, to create additional carryover for next year's budget, as well as budget some additional funding uh, for that in next year's budget. So that will help balance the budget, fend off any millage increases, and still keep us from relying too heavily upon this number until we have a much firmer understanding as to where it's going uh, down the road. Earmark funds or increase the funds for city hall improvements. Uh, the budget includes an additional $172,000 for that purpose. And if you combine that with what we already have, that gets us up to um, $956,000. That should be through 21. So uh, continue with departmental reviews. Uh, we are doing that. Some of those changes are incorporated into the budget, uh, but there'll be many more coming. And um, as they are identified, they will be also incorporated into the budget process. So the original budget as submitted contemplated total city revenues 105.1, but because we elected not to raise millage, um, that's reduced to 104.5. Similarly, we would be spending 105.1, but again, um, we'll be spending less. This is citywide, which will show up on the budget consolidation schedule, which we will actually talk about next week. Um, moving on to some of the big departments, public safety, which has for police, fire, and building and inspections, the combined budget is $20.7 million. Parks and Recreation, another very popular, uh, but not without cost uh, operation of the city is $6.8 million. Sanitation, which includes heavy item, refuse pickup, recycling, and yard waste collection is $4.1 million. Moving on to the special revenue funds, We've got the major and local street funds. We're gonna spend over eight and a half million dollars on maintenance. We will have $1.2 million of snow removal, which most years is, is um, adequate, but just as a reminder, whatever we don't spend, like on a year like this year, where it was a pretty light snow year, uh, and I can, I can say that now, knock on wood, even though it did snow here a little bit today, um, those savings stay within the major street and local street fund. And these funds are, are relatively healthy, um, as I mentioned before. Stormwater Management Fund, it's a $1.4 million budget jointly managed by these three departments. We have a library, we have a wonderful library actually, um, and it's got $4.5 million budget to provide all of these services that you see. And again, 75% of the funding comes from either the one mill property tax levy or the additional funding provided by the general fund. Dial-A-Ride, $2.6 million, um, mostly funded through federal and state grants. The balance comes from ridership, a very small amount, and then the general fund provides whatever is needed to balance the budget. On the, the enterprise funds, there's a couple I'll talk about. The two big ones, the wastewater fund, the budget for 2021 is gonna be $9.3 million. And for the water fund, it's going to be $13.1 million. Next to the general fund, the water fund is the largest fund that we have. If you look at the rates that are going to be charged, um, the anticipated rate increases at 4% for water and 25 for sewer equates to about a $6.16 increase for the average homeowner per quarter. So what's really left? Madam Mayor, if there are any questions uh, from you, um, you do need, do need to hold a public hearing. And just a reminder that the budget adoption date is next Monday. That will be done similarly to tonight. There is still time to provide comments either through the email or through the um, phone. And again, the entire budget document is available online uh, at the city's website. Okay, thank you, Mr. Keenan. Is there any questions um, from council? Madam Mayor, this is uh, Diane. I have one quick question. 
So Dave, we're expecting the PPT in a few weeks. Do we think yep. there will be any impact or we will receive what we are expecting? So this year, I think we'll receive what we expected. Um, I can't speak to next year because um, of the way it's funded and even things that are protected through the budget or by formula. Um, if the activity is not there, that would have some pick, some impact on their ability to reimburse. We'll be fine this year. The numbers are expected to be very similar to last year. Um, so we should be able to balance our budget and then I can go back to council and we can decide what you would like to do with the additional funding, even if it's just let's put it in the bank and see, wait till COVID-19 is done changing our lives. Um, you know, that's not a bad plan either, but yeah. Yep. Okay, great, thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions for Mr. Keenan? All right, then seeing none, this is a public hearing. We'll open the public hearing. Are there any comments from the public? All right, seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. So this is the our second public hearing and next Monday we will have, um, we will vote on our budget. So thank you everyone. Now that takes us down to public comment. And uh, public, this is an opportunity for people to address council on business that's um, relevant to council, um, but not on our agenda. Is there any public comment this evening? there is, please state, please unmute yourself and state your name and address. Okay, we see no public comment this evening. Now that takes us down to item number four, which has to do um, with a labor agreement for our firefighters. And Carol Stone is here to tell us about that. Well, I'm having problems with sharing my screen here, but I'm just gonna go ahead and go. I'm here to present the tentative contract agreement with the Midland Pre Professional Firefighters Local 1315. By way of background, um, our original goals for the new contract, well, our original contract expired on June 30th, 2019, and we've been working since May of last year with the firefighters bargaining team to uh, negotiate a new contract. Our original contract goals included a three-year agreement with wages increased, a commensurate with the rest of our employee groups and in line with some of our comparable communities so that we could remain competitive in the labor market. Um, with all of our contracts, we have a continued focus on our unfunded pension liabilities and when possible, look to implement changes that would reduce liabilities, but at a minimum, ensure that no contract provisions increase pension liabilities. Employees hired on or after November 11th do not have uh, retiree health insurance. They participate in a retiree health savings account. And um, the city currently contributes 2% of wages into the account. Mm -hmm. And that uh, we really don't believe that's sufficient to uh, cover the cost of retiree health insurance. So we wanna look to move them to be in a better position. And then we also mm -hmm. wanted to eliminate a provision that exists in the current contract that requires the city pay for a physical exam for firefighters every other year. When that provision was enacted, uh, city's health insurance plan did not include physical exams or preventative services, so it was required then. But now we do provide that through our health insurance, so there's no need to have a separate provision for that. And then COVID-19 hit and some of our goals changed. Um, faced with financial uncertainty going forward, we didn't feel it was uh, um, in the city's best interest or feasible to enter into a three-year contract at this time. So the tentative agreement that we reached is a two-year agreement with wage increases of 2.5% retroactive to July 1, 2019, and 2% effective July 1, 2020. Um, those are in line with the agreement contract agreements reached with other employee groups in 2018 and 2019 and, and uh, position us well in the labor market. Funds have been included in both the 2019-20 and the 2020-21 budget to cover the cost of those um, increases. We're um, also increasing the city's contribution to the retiree health savings account by 1% and 
that comes with a mandatory 1% employee contribution that will go into effect July 1st, 2020. And we believe that will better position the employees to be able to purchase health insurance at retirement. We're also proposing increasing um, the life insurance provided to, to the firefighters from 50,000 to 75,000. Uh, that's in keeping with some of our other employee groups and again, keeps us competitive in the labor market. And we were successful in eliminating the paid physical exam, but did retain the right to uh, require a fitness for duty exam if uh, so needed based on circumstances. I'd like to take this opportunity to express my appreciation to the firefighters for their efforts during this COVID-19 pandemic and to thank the bargaining team for their work with the city to reach a tentative agreement. The tentative agreement was ratified by the firefighters on April 28th and is being presented for your uh, consideration tonight. A three-fifths vote is required to approve the tentative agreement. And with that, I'd be glad to ask, answer any questions you might have. Any questions from council for Ms. Stone? Okay, seeing none, is there any comments from the public? All right, seeing no comments, um, we have a motion to, uh, may, will you please read the resolution, Erica? This resolution approves the negotiated contract settlement between the City of Midland and the Midland Professional Firefighters Local 1315 for a two-year period beginning July 1st, 2019 and expiring June 30th, 2021, and authorizes the Assistant City Manager to make the necessary budget transfers. All right, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So moved, Diane Brown-Wilhelm. Second, Steve Arnaski. Okay, we've got a first and a second. Any discussion on this? Nope, just great job, Carol, and appreciate all your work. I know it's taken some time here, but appreciate everything you've done. Thank yeah, you. I mean, it goes for both sides, right? So Carol, mm -hmm. your side, and, as well as the firefighters. Yep. So thanks. Right. I think we are all in agreement on that. Any other discussion? Then Erica, will you please call the vote? Councilman Brown-Wilhelm? Aye. Councilman Wazbinski? Aye. Mayor Donker? Aye. Councilman Arnoski? Aye. Councilman Hall? Hi. All right, that passes 5-0. Thank you very much, all of us, everyone. Thank you. All right, moving down our agenda, that takes us to item number five, which has to do with a Rockwell Drive reconstruction and some excitement that's going on in that area of town. And Josh Ferguson is here to tell us about that. All right, I'm gonna try and share my screen here. Hopefully everybody can see my uh, slide presentation. Uh, as, as Mayor stated, we're um, here to talk about the Rockwell Drive uh, reconstruction and water main project. So on Tuesday, May 5th at 2 p.m. sealed proposals were publicly open and read by the assistant controller for the 2020 Rockwell Drive reconstruction and water main project. We received six bids. Uh, with the low bid being Fisher Contractor Company at $437,789. Uh, and on the screen, you can see uh, the, the bids ranged all the way up to $655,211 at the top bid. So um, fairly decent bids, good, um, good bid numbers from, you know, quantity of bidders out there. Uh, funding for this project is provided by the Major Street Fund and the Water Fund. Uh, and this contract is for the water main installation and the street reconstruction of Rockwell Drive from Bay City Road to Fast Ice. So where's that at? So we've got Bay City Road running east-west and then Rockwell runs north-south and so we'll be between Fast Ice and Bay City Road um, there at the southeast part of town. Uh, this project was approved as part of the capital improvement plan for 2021. Uh, as Dave mentioned during his budget amendment process, the budget amendment was recently completed to advance both the street and water funding into the current fiscal year. Uh, this was advantageous to perform work during the construction of the adjacent development that is occurring um, at the adjacent property. A uh, couple of the advantages for this is to, that we prevent duplication of work by the city. We're not out there doing work that somebody else has already done to match into our new road. There's less impact to traffic and a lower cost overall to traffic control. Um, also, there's a schedule advantage to increase the benefit of coordinating 
the street project with the timing of the development project it is necessary to advance this project to the beginning of this or to in this current fiscal year versus the beginning of next fiscal year. So to take advantage of, to to realize all those advantages, we need to start this now um, versus at the beginning of the next fiscal year here in, here in a short while. And so it is our recommendation that the low bid of $437,789 submitted by Fisher Contracting Company of Midland be accepted in the best interests of the city. And with that, I'll take any questions. So any questions for Mr. Fredrickson? Okay. Well, wait, wait, got one question. Okay. In terms of uh, just, just disruption of the traffic flow on Rockwell while the construction's going on, how extensive will that be? So um, absolutely, we will be impacting traffic. As with most of our projects that um, in order to get water main down there, water main is gonna go down one portion of the road. And so we will have a detour set up. I believe it's set up that traffic can travel south on Rockwell, um, but to get if you wanted to go north to get back up to Bay City, so if you were at the jail or at that um, at the mobile home park on the east side of, of Rockwell, you'd have to go south, use fast ice, loop around and get up to Bay City. So that detour will be signed there for the duration of that. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Are we also uh, looking at doing coordination with the uh, traffic lights during this period of time or? Um, with the construction of the traffic lights at at Rockwell and, and Bay City? Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. So as, as part of this, um, the traffic lights are actually wrapped in under the, the Costco side of things that the development that's occurring there. Um, the agreement was that they install them. So we'll be inspecting them, but that will be done all at this at this time. So um, that's where some of that coordination and, that, and the effectiveness of, of combining this all together. Uh, we have the street torn up. They're able to put their cable conduits in versus tearing it up twice or, or us coming in later and tearing up something that they just installed. So will the Costco uh, construction access be off of Bay City Road or will it also be going on Rockwell? So their primary access at this point is shown off of Rockwell, but at some point they will have an access, a, a temporary access off of um, Bay City Road just for flow of their vehicles, loading and unloading material uh, there will be an access both off of Rockwell and off of Bay City Road. Okay. All right. Any other questions? Okay. Seeing none. Um, Erica, would you please read the resolution? This resolution authorizes the mayor and city clerk to execute a contract with Fisher Contracting Company in the amount of $437,789 for water main installation and the street reconstruction of Rockwell Drive from Bay City Road to Fast Ice Drive. This resolution also authorizes the city manager to approve change orders in an aggregate amount not to exceed $40,000. Okay, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So, so moved, moved Diane Brown Wilhelm. Okay, so uh, second. we have a motion Hall. from Diane and a second from Pam Hall. So I thank you for that. So discussion. It's well, exciting. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm just glad that they're doing all the coordination with everything all at once. I mean, it just makes so much sense to do it that way. So mm -hmm. I'm glad they did pull it up to this year. Yep. And I think from a just from a Costco perspective, it gives us a little more confirmation that they are going forward as they propose to build this uh, new uh, new facility. Okay. Anything else? All right then. All in favor. Will you please call a, uh, <laughs> the, the vote, Erica? Councilman Wesbinski? Aye. Mayor Donker? Aye. Councilman Arnowski? Aye. Councilman Hall? Aye. Councilman Brown Wilhelm? Aye. Okay, that passes then 5 0. That takes us down to new business. Any new business, Mr. K? None for me, Madam Mayor. Okay, any new business from anyone on council? Great, so thank you all. Thank you um, all staff for helping us get through this. It's kind of fumbling around here and you can tell some things I, I do automatically and then I see Erica's face smiling at me like, come on, Maureen. 
<laughs> Happy call the roll. So thank you for that, those prompts. Um, so with that, um, our Madam meeting Mayor, is, yes. Madam, before you adjourn, you were going to provide council with an update on the hearing that we had last Monday um, with the US uh, Members Forum with uh, the US Senate. Well, I was, and then I, Pam, I received those nice remarks from Pam. So I just wanted to say that um, we had an opportunity, um, Brad and I, to present in front of a congressional forum um, via Zoom, which was, you know, a very interesting meeting. It was a very friendly group, a bipartisan group of congressmen who were interested in um, doing their due diligence uh, and met with uh, Brad and myself representing cities and the gentleman who's the head of the county association out of Louisiana. Um, so we could give them, um, you know, do it, uh, respond to any questions that they may have that relates to, to cities and to counties. And the purpose of this um, legislation that they want to introduce is to fund cities that are less than 500,000 um, to help them address the COVID-D. It's a um, it's a bi again, as I said, it's a bipartisan group, which we thought was which was great. Um, there's a, a seems to be a lot of support for that, but as we I think we we all know that you know even if you're less than five hundred thousand, you're still really impacted um, by what's going on by this pandemic that's going on. And I think fortunately for us, you know, as we said in our statement, that we have a city that's. Um, you know, very well run and we're very fortunate for that. And we may not need those resources, but there's, you know, many cities across the United States that that will. And so um, this act is, um, if should it pass when once they present it, it will um, give um, cities to the end of the year to ask for these funds. It gives you flexibility in how you spend the funds. And if you don't spend the funds, those they have a formula for that, then they will go to other communities that might need the funds more than yours. So um, we thought it was a sound proposal and we're happy to have that opportunity to speak on its behalf. So I want to thank Brad, you know, for, for being there. And it was a, you know, an interesting, it was an interesting experience to say the least. You know, because all the congressmen, let me just say, they're in their sports shirts, sitting at their Zoom meeting, somebody was in their car. So it was very, um, you know, it was very uh, comfortable. I think kind of how most uh, people are doing, you know, their meetings today. So Brad, what comments might you have? I think you actually covered them well. I, th I think um, as you always do, you did well. Um, we were contracted or contacted, excuse me, through the National League of Cities and the Michigan Municipal League. And I, I believe, and they didn't really state this to us, but I believe what they were looking for was a municipality um, that is well run as far as financial uh, concerns are, are, are concerned at least. Um, so they looked at us knowing that we had been diligent, that the five of you have been very careful over the number of years putting money aside, taking care not to overextend or put ourselves in a financially disadvantaged position. Um, and so they wanted commentary from, I think, a municipality such as that representing municipalities across the, the, the nation. Um, because as the mayor said, we will survive if we didn't get assistance, but even us and even the, with the work that we have done to prepare, we are still hit and we are still impacted fairly significantly by all of this. And so that message, I think, carried a lot of weight. And certainly the county representative uh, brought much of the same. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think what we what they really wanted to hear was confirmation that this would truly impact uh, the municipalities that we truly had uh, been impacted by the negative financial impacts of all of this as we've moved forward. And so the testimony of both Mayor Donker, um, as well as the County Association's representative confirmed that for them. Um, the bill, I think you're aware of it, was a $250 billion uh, Relief Act bill. And we'll see where it goes. It's going to take partisan support at the hearing. I don't know if it's changed since then, but I know at the hearing they indicated that, um, again, bipartisan support was evident in the form of 144 signatures to the bill uh, representing both sides of the political aisle. So um, for us as a, as a nonpartisan city, that was an important thing. Um, we did not want to go in and, and take sides one way or the other as far as the politics of it was concerned, but we did certainly want to convey the impacts on municipalities such as our own, and the mayor did a tremendous job of that. Thank you, sir. So anything else? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.